Hey Chris, how you doing? What's up, Austin? Dude, we're just chilling. Jungle. La jungla. Bienvenidos a la jungla. We have Lizzie. Hello. Dawn. What's up? Chelsea. Hola. And Granny Janny. Oh yeah. AKA the Blonde Bomber. Hanging out. And evidently a rapper. We didn't know about that. We didn't know about these skills until just recently. I think we're learning about each other, a lot of stuff about each other during this trip. So, it's what happens on mission trips. But hey, Austin, we are uh, like, what, three days in, four days into our missions trip? It feels like 11, but <laughs> I think it is actually only Wednesday, and we left Sunday, so you guys do the math. But we left really early Sunday morning. It was like 2.30 in the morning we pulled out of Great Oaks. Yeah, and then slept on everything from basically Chicago to Lima to Bacalpa, slept on anything and everything that we could. Vans. Yeah. Airplanes. Floors. Floors, benches. airport chairs, benches, each other, each other, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of crazy. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite the uh, process of getting out to Pacalpa, uh, but we are here and uh, we've been having a great time so far. So, uh, but as usual, Austin, we've got guests, so maybe we should have them talk a little bit. We do. Yeah. What are we doing down here, guys? No, no, no. Let's back up a little bit. <laughs> Dang it. I know. <laughs> You're okay. like what? Guys? Eager Beaver, you're, you're getting ahead of the curve here. Always. So what's your – I, I want to hear from these guys, actually from all of us. What's your experience so far um, with Kids Alive and Peru specifically, like your history of coming down here? So, Austin, go. This is my second time down here. Um, I was invited by you first time, like last year at some point, kind of like simple text message was like, yes, I need to do it. And the opportunity came up again, and I was like, yes, I will go again. Nice. Um, and that's where this whole podcast idea came from, was yeah. your experience here last again, year. Again, just want to share the stories. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jenny? Uh, this is my second trip down here. I knew that I wanted to go the first year, but it just didn't work out. Too many babies on the way. <laughs> and so I came down last year and had the opportunity to come back and just jumped on it because you don't know – year-to-year year, what's going to come up. Sure. Chelsea? This is my fourth trip to Peru. Uh, I came the summer of 17 and 18 in Lima, and in January for the missionary uh, retreat team, and then back again. First trip to the jungle, though. Nice. And you were kind of freaked out before about bugs and snakes and tarantulas and no, all that kind of stuff. That on you. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea's uh, our only fluent Spanish-speaking adult on this trip. Fluent is very generous. You got us so far. So. We go to you for help. But, so. but real quick, um, because I know that's a concern that others are going to have with coming to the jungle. Like, what's it was a fear of yours, but what's your experience so far? I haven't seen anything that's terrified me yet. Cool. So. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> Dawn? Sounds good. I came down last year with the Lima team, a family team, at, uh, and... Got to know and understand what Kids Alive was all about. Fell in love with their mission and their purpose, and got the opportunity to come back again this summer to Pucallpa, which is awesome because it's warm and sunny here. I also love Lima; it's just a little cloudy and cold. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> good. And we're going to experience both of that, both of those on this trip. So, Lizzie, 
Um, my interactions or experience with Kids Alive has all been secondhand just through Great Oaks. So Kingdom Builders updates, kept up with those and things. And then we've had um, Adrian, who is from Kids Alive and Crew, come down. Got to talk to him a little bit. But it's only just been a taste of it since I couldn't be here. So this is my first year coming to Peru, coming to Kids Alive. And it's been awesome so far. But I'm sure you're going to ask some questions about that. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is my uh, third time coming down here. Came down on the exploratory visit uh, four years ago, I think it was, 16? Yeah, two, three years ago, so 2016. 17, I led the student trip down here. Um, 18, I did not go, but I um, taught Brandon uh, Lambius how to lead the trip, and he led it last year. And then this year, um, Brandon decided to leave us. Shout out, Brandon. Shut up. I just said shut up. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, B. Sup, B. Miss you, bro. Um, so he decided to go, you know, follow his calling to become a police officer So and have another baby. So just all you podcast listeners tracking along. Brandon's doing well. He's about to graduate from uh, police academy. He's got two babies now. Uh, but anyway, so he led last year, so I did not leave. But since he's gone this year, um, and my circumstances allowed me to lead the trip. That's another podcast for another day. Um, I'm here for my third time. It's awesome being back. So we're going to hit pause for a second. Continuing. <laughs> Continuing. Part two. Part two. I don't speak Spanish. Um, <laughs> I do know dos, though. So part dos. Um, there's a beer joke just waiting there. Dos equis, but we won't go there. Um, that's our little cue for uh, cutting sound and clipping things out. So when we, when Austin and I suddenly go, that's like a do-over. So. Can we do that at any point? No. perfect <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, thank you guys for the introductions. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, history with Kids Alive and Come Down to Peru. Um, talk to me about the experience of traveling here. Like just those 20 seven, 28 hours that feel like a thousand. What they don't see is we all just look at each other and went, oh. <laughs> that kind of sums up how that went. Um, exhausting. I've only been on a plane um, for two different trips before, both mystery related, both Great Oaks to a conference. And so it was just like down to Florida and back. And so then, never been out of the country. Parents are all super thrilled that I'm a leader. <laughs> never been out of the country, never been on a mission trip. Anyway. But so to do three different flights, if I have that right, they all blend together. Three different flights mm-hmm. and just like 30 hours of like little to no sleep. It was exhausting. I was exhausted. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? That's probably the first thing I tell people about the trip is the travel part is the most exhausting part. Everything else is okay, but just getting there. I think I can't remember the last time I slept 10 hours at night. So the first night here, we all went to bed at 8 and had a really good night's sleep. But yeah, yeah. I, I would echo that. That never happens to me to have 10 hours never. of sleep, but I needed it after that travel. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we travel. We have all the flights. We, we get up early in the morning, drive to Chicago. We get there three hours ahead of time, you know, which is good, but, like, God bless us with group check-ins, you know, at all the airports. So it really expedited the process. But it left us time, you know, to sit and chill in airports. And, and, you know, one of the things I see as a leader is that time in the airport gives us a lot of opportunity to build relationships, you know, with students. And um, 
you know, we didn't take away phones until we, you know, got down here, but I saw particularly in Lima Airport, there was a moment, I don't know if you guys saw this, there was a moment where things kind of uh, flipped for the students, and we were all sitting there outside that kind of start down the road from Starbucks a little bit um, in, in the airport, and everybody just put, nobody said anything, but everybody just suddenly had their phones away, and we were all just sitting in a circle engaging with each other and laughing. Did you guys see that? Like, I love, I love what happens when we have unscripted downtime waiting in airports. Yeah, it's annoying to travel for 30 hours, but there's still ministry that happens. Um, any, anything that, come, that, that you saw that, that you want to highlight from that time with the group? <laughs> We're all still recovering from that. Um, the thought of it is exhausting. Like it's, I can't remember. I mean, I was going it, I was like the phase. good news is, is like if you can mm-hmm. sleep on planes and you can sleep in airports, I got like 28 hours of the best sleep I've ever had <laughs> yeah. in my entire life. So that yeah, was like good. But the other thing was like conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Like so I, t- I talked to you at lunch specifically about conversations with students and just asking them what they're most looking forward to, getting them prepared, right? Like, yeah. like Chris Howe talked um, yesterday morning about, you know, what what is God going to do? Real, real quick, who's Chris Howe? Just Chris, Howe Chris Howe is the, the lead missionary um, of Kids Alive in, in Pucallpa. Um, his, his family is heading up the, the efforts here. Um, but anyway, he gave a, a quick sermon before we started work yesterday morning and was basically just alluding to the fact, like, how is God preparing you or what's, what's he doing on this trip? And so it was kind of cool to see him echo that, I'm not trying to, like, stake a claim on that or anything. But, you know, I was just asking the kids what they're excited for and to, to get those thoughts in, you know, going in their heads. And I think another thing that you did, actually, without even knowing it, was you kind of hit pause in Miami and we're like, hey, guys, by the way, we're on mission right now. Like, it's, it's already actually started, and that kind of set the tone. And I, I don't think that you realize that that was kind of the flip of the switch for everybody. And so that was yeah, that, one cool that, thing I saw. That was definitely a Holy Spirit moment. Um, we get to Miami, and we get to our gate, um, and we're about to you know break off and go grab some food. And I went to the bathroom, um, and what struck me was as I walked into the bathroom, there were airport employees whose job it was to serve thousands of people who come through that airport by cleaning bathrooms, right? Some of the, some of the, the most menial work that maybe none of us really want to do, and maybe they don't want to do it. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Um, but at the same time, they're providing a service that a lot of times we take for granted. And it suddenly occurred to me, like, um, not suddenly occurred. That seems weird for pastors to say, but um, those are people that are made in the image of God that Jesus died for on the cross. And I don't have to go to Peru to minister to people, right? I can minister to the bathroom attendants at the airport. I can minister to our neighbors back home. We can minister to classmates and coworkers and all of that. And so it's it just the irony of traveling to another country to serve. Um, I couldn't let that moment go without reminding the students, like, you don't have to go to another country. Uh, to serve. You can serve no matter where you are. And in fact, everywhere you go is an opportunity to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. So, yeah, so it was just, that was a cool, cool moment there. But, 
So let's, uh, let's move past the travel because we're all experiencing PTSD. Um, <laughs> 30 hours. Um, but uh, talk to us about um, your observations of Pucallpa. Like, what have you seen? What have you noticed? And, and you know, um, Janie Austin and I have been here, so I think I'm going to lean on Chelsea, Dawn, and, and Lizzie to talk at this point. I can say just my experience coming in. So after we got um, off the plane and, like, getting ready to head to the vehicles and things like that, we get in, and then we start the very bumpy trek <laughs> here. Like, whoa, is that bumpy? Um, but coming here, just, like, looking out the window, we were all tired. Some of us were really talking, but I think it wasn't just because we were tired. It was also because we were soaking things in. Um, I know for myself, like I said, I'd never been out of country before. So it's one thing to see poverty in movies and things like that. Um, and, like, you recognize it there, and you're like, oh, man, that's terrible. But then you actually look out the window, the vehicle window, and see it. It was just very humbling. Um, yeah, just as I was driving, I kept thinking to myself, wow, like, my house is a mansion compared to this. My garage is a mansion compared to this. Mm-hmm. My parents, I should say. My parents' garage <laughs> is a mansion compared to this. But just looking and seeing, like, the kids on the street and the dogs, it was just a whole different culture. It was it was definitely eye-opening that there's a whole different culture than what I've ever experienced before on top of just the poverty I saw in the outside area of kids' lives. And, yeah, gratitude immediately came and just perspective. So it was a really, um, if, if this sounds right, a really good start to the trip just because it laid the foundation for you know, go into this just humble, grateful, and serve Jesus. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Thanks, Lizzie. Mm-hmm. Don, Chelsea, either of you? Yeah, I, I, have, um, I have been out of the country a number of times. I've seen poverty, some of it at its worst. and um, But in that poverty, I've seen a lot of uh, joy and um, in people that have nothing. And so driving out here and being out here at um, – out here at the center has been it like brings peace to my heart I enjoy in my life to um, just be in a space where people live very simply and um, don't need really much of anything they want relationship with people and they enjoy that and so I enjoy that part of this mission trip of just the simplicity of life out here, um, but it's also probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. We're right on the river, and mm. the trees, and the sun coming up, and it's pretty incredible. I feel, I feel too, um, too lucky sometimes to be here. I think it's a really great experience. Yeah, good. Thanks, Chelsea. Um, I think I would say the the thing I noticed the most is just kind of the difference between Pucallpa. In Lima. Mm-hmm. So in Lima, in years past, we've stayed off-site, which means we have very limited access, so to speak, to the kids after hours. Mm-hmm. So you drive an hour to go to the children's home, and you work all day. The kids are all at school. You get maybe like an hour and a half to play with them in the evening, and then you go back to your house. And so there's no like consistent interaction with the house parents or the kids, or um, like you don't spend much time in the care center. Like that's where we are now. So. Um, I don't know. I just love that we're here with the kids and actually get to, you know, interact with the kids and do a wanza with the kids and just not necessarily build relationships because we only see them sporadically, but just to see the care that they're providing for the kids, you know, just um, 
I had a minute at lunch to talk to the social worker here, and she was kind of talking to me, you know, how she observed the kids and how she kind of picks out which ones might need more help. And I don't know, it's just interesting to see the different aspects. I feel like every time I come here, I get to learn a different facet of kids' life and like sure. what they do and their, you know, how they achieve all these things that they do for the kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome, Jenny. So second time here. Um, anything that you've seen differently? Um, now that you've been here, maybe you didn't notice before, or something that as soon as you came, you're just like homecoming. Uh, it was it was just great to see. Like I, I guess maybe I'll jump in on that one real quick because um, it's been two years since I was down here. Um, the streets still felt familiar, and as we're driving, suddenly I knew kind of where I was when we were a few blocks out from the camp, and the joy that I experienced when I came around the corner and I saw the walls of the camp. And saw where we were going, and I was like, oh. It kind of felt like a homecoming. It felt like I'm, I'm here, I'm home. So, I don't know, what about you guys? I think it's, I wanted to tell this story last year. Um, and I think it's really important to know that they do Awana, Awanza, here. And at the beginning of Awanza, they sing the national anthem. And so picture a very small gym, let's say, let's say 50 by 50, and about 100 kids in there screaming at the top of their lungs, <laughs> their national anthem. There's two, there's two kids in the center holding the flags. And they, they almost brawl over who gets to hold the flag. And the passion, the excitement that they show, the fun that they're having, these aren't people that aren't blessed. Like, they realize they're blessed. And to me, it's awesome to know, like the first time coming in, like I felt like, I felt sad. Like I was like, wow, man. Like, like, I know that those little kids are being the light out in a little bit of the darkness, right? Like, okay, so they, you know, they may have a tin roof instead of shingles. They may have pallet walls instead of drywall. But they still exemplify the light of Christ in their home and like you can see that here so yeah for me it was definitely not easier but more familiar it was better coming when things are more familiar like where we're going to be what we're going to be doing what the weather's like what the bugs are like (laughs) take all those things out of it for me the second time made it a lot easier sure um and just knowing what to expect definitely was fun uh, reuniting with um, people that we saw last year. Um, that was pretty cool. And like Austin said, just I got to relax more and enjoy the moment of being with the kids and not worrying about a bunch of other things. Just knowing that they're well taken care of yeah. and that we can just have fun. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, really, just two more things that I want us to talk about. and um, that doesn't mean they're going to be short. Uh, it's just only two more topics. One is uh, the type of work that we've been doing. So just share some stories about that. And not everybody has to talk, but whoever would like to talk. And then um, if there's a, a specific moment or um, highlight or story that you'd love to share uh, just a few days in now. So let's start with what kind of work we've been doing. So just maybe two or three people uh, share on that one. So we're at the orchard um, cleaning up the children's ha- homes. 
So we're repainting. And, and sorry, real quick. The orchard, for those who don't know, is when it comes to Kids Alive Ministry, it's the what? It's where the house parents take in um, kids off the street that they've been given from the government and they raise them in the home. Yeah, so it's, it's a residential program for the kids. Um, That's their main job is to raise these children. Right, right. So, um, so we have been washing windows, washing bars that are on the windows, um, cleaning screens, painting almost the entire house, not quite. Um, and we have two houses to do, and we've finished one so far. Nice. And some about oranges? Like they There's an orchard out there, so we just... We forgot to pick them. Yeah, we forgot to take bags today. They want us to pick as many oranges as we can because they can't pick them all. Okay. And what are you doing with the oranges? I have no idea. The missionaries are quite <laughs> marmalade, but I'm not sure I can whip that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're bringing it back here for the, the camp yeah. to, to use in so. some capacity. Currently, so. they're just sitting on <laughs> the countertop for now, but when they said, like, pack your backpack, like, our kids took that to heart. Like, they were stuffed, <laughs> yeah. and I had to wash them. <laughs> Thanks, guys. No, it was very nice of them, though. They're just like, take all these oranges, like, when you leave. That was super cool. Okay, okay. Don, you've been working on a different project. Yeah, I've been uh, here, seen here at the uh, at the center, and uh, we've been doing some painting. So we painted a classroom. Painting. Painting. <laughs> you spent the entire mission strip last June painting. Five days straight from you should have like seen nine her, to five. Yeah, you should have seen her excitement when they said, hey, we've got a lot of painting to do. And she's like, <laughs> she's yes! Just, she's experienced, though. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a pro. professional painter. She's a pro. So what have you been painting? We painted a classroom that the kids use. And you walk in and it's dirty, but you don't notice how dirty it is until you start painting. Yeah. And then you think, wow, okay, that was really filthy. And this looks amazing. So what might seem like a small thing to somebody else or to back home, they think, oh, you're just going down there to paint, but it makes a difference. They, the kids should have a, a nice environment. Um, they should feel like um, they should be able to take pride in the place where they live and they play and um, also the missionaries. And I like learning that hearing from the missionaries here that what we do blesses them also. I mean, we're here to, to be a support to them, but the small jobs that we do give them the opportunity to put their focus on other things. And I think that's important to remember because sometimes people can think, oh, you just, you're just going to go down and paint, you know, um, and is that really helpful? But it is actually really helpful. Well, maybe here's a way to contextualize it. Um, back home... You know, my house needs to be painted. It, it is so far down the list of important things that I need to take mm-hmm. care of in my life that I just, I tolerate it. I tolerate the, the dirt, the stain, the, the you know, the, the fact that it needs to be painted. Like, imagine what a blessing it would be if somebody came along and said, hey, Chris, while you work at the church and you take care of your wife and your kids and you serve in the community, we're going to paint your house for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's huge, right? That That's metaphor just suddenly occurred to me as you were talking there. I was like, that anybody would feel blessed. Because everybody has these lists of small projects that need to get done, but they're such low priority compared to other things that are that need to get done. But they eventually if somebody could come along and bless them, that's huge. Yes. So yeah. I'm gonna picture that now, like as we're painting yeah. as if this was my house that somebody came in into and was painting for me so I could focus on my family and my ministry. Absolutely. Right? 
Yeah. So. One cool thing I've seen with our team is they're not just slapping the paint up and just doing a half half job. Halfway job. Yeah, yeah. They are really taking it to heart and doing their best. I mean, it looks good. Yeah. It does yeah. look good. The kids are doing a really yeah. good job. I'm impressed with. I mean, there's not paint on the floors or. Yeah. I mean, it's it looks nice. Yeah. yeah. It's a really great yeah. team to work with. Yeah. Austin, what about you? You're working on a different project. I'm working on, uh, shout out to my brother for teaching me how to woodwork because I don't do that. And Like your literal brother? Literal brother, Brent. Okay. Brent. Um, he showed me how to run a sander. And then so like they looked at me and they're like, you look like you can sand stuff. <laughs> and so somehow they knew. And apparently I'm doing a good enough job to where, like, they just started finding more things for me to sand. <laughs> and I ran out of sandpaper. Like, we'll get you more. Just keep sanding. <laughs> and so I'm sanding, restoring um, a few bookshelves right now, medicine cabinets and bookshelves. And next we're moving on to doors, like doors, exterior doors that are uh, covered in mold and, you know, just a little bit, a little bit weathered, we'll say. Sure. And um, sure. they're just, again, very thankful of us being able to come in and take care of these projects that, that they don't have time for. Yeah. You know, they're, the house are new to Pucallpa, and they're trying to get the ministry up and going, and there's a lot going on in that ministry, a lot thriving. And so Chris just, again, mentioned to me this morning, like, how much of an assistance or a reinforcement this is to, to what they're doing. So sure. that's, that's awesome. cool. So tell me some highlights or stories. Um, what's what stood out to you? There's way too many already. Like I haven't got to voice all of them because we do our team meetings and we're like, everybody talking. I'm like I don't want to talk too much because I have too many stories. Um, so depending on time, maybe I'll circle back around. But one that comes to my mind is so bridging off that we were just talking about the working and cleaning yesterday. So. A few of us here were on the same project, Janie and Chelsea and I. Um, we were down there. We're sanding the walls, getting ready to paint and everything. And um, the house parents there, or maybe it was Emma, who is one of the kids' life workers there, they were playing Spanish music just as we are going about working. And we could recognize, or at least like there's a song that I recognized as a worship song, and I knew it was. And now in the moment I'm forgetting what it was. Ugh. But it came on, and I just remember, oh, I know this. And so I started singing it. And several of our workers our students started singing it and then the house parents started singing and so as we're working we're all singing this worship song and i remember just thinking like this is like a glimpse of heaven like i'm about to cry just talking about it but i was like i'm so emotional but i was like this is a glimpse of heaven down here like all these different you know thinking bible nation tribes and tongues just like singing worship music and like so i'm just sitting there saying nothing like afterwards so i don't cry in a pain but I'm like, how cool is that? So that was just like a five-second moment that right off the bat of working came. And I'm like, that's just awesome. Like, how cool is that? Like, we can't even speak the same. I cannot speak Spanish. Not a lick. I, like, know hola and chow, and that's it. <laughs> so to be able to just sing alongside them, that was super cool. So That's awesome. I, didn't, I didn't, hadn't heard that story. Mm-hmm. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I think one of the coolest things we did out there, out at the orchard today was um, Emma made us take a break from working and split us into groups to walk around and gave us specific areas to pray over. And for me, that's very intimidating. I don't know if it's that way for anybody else, but just to have that 
um, put on you, but God just gave me the words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Just to pray over their rooms um, for protection for the kids, and it was awesome. Yeah. Definitely a highlight. Yeah, I, I was taken out to the orchard today. They need some extra help, and uh, I think it's just because I'm tall. Why'd you need the ladder then? <laughs> I wasn't that tall. Our listeners don't hear. But uh, yeah, I, I, uh, Chris, Hal, and I pulled up, and I saw over in the orchard three people just standing there still, like looking off the distance, and and I'm like, what? What are they doing? I'm like, what is going on? And it, it's sad to admit, as a pastor, I didn't think, oh, they're praying. Um, and I'm just like, I'm like, why are they standing there? What are they doing? And then Chris is like, like, oh, right. Um, I remember uh, they're doing like a prayer walk or something like that. Makes sense. All of a sudden makes sense. Um, but that was really cool to come up on that and see you guys, you know, understanding as well that, that ministering to kids alive and their staff and their kids isn't just physical labor. It's not just relational, but it's, it's very much spiritual, right? Well, it's um, something we can do from home. Yeah. Which I took away. I've had several people say, be praying for this or be praying for that. So it's definitely somewhere, something we need to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Other stories? This was just something this morning. I took a mental picture. I was sitting out on our lovely little deck. Yeah, our veranda overlooks the river. And I saw Lizzie sitting down in the gazebo in front of like five girls and doing a little devotional. She had her Bible out and she was talking to them and I, I was far away but I could see them and it was just sweet. It was one of those things I intentionally took a mental picture of. I thought it was just a beautiful picture of just our love for Jesus and our um, our commitment to one another to, to help each other grow and um, just loved seeing Lizzie out there with the girls. It was really sweet. Yeah. I, I think just as much as we go on mission trips to serve um, kids alive and everything in that capacity, obviously there's there's spiritual growth and life change that happens in our lives and our students' lives. And I saw that this morning as well, and that was a really cool moment. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for pouring into the next generation and um, seeing Lizzie pouring into those um, upperclassmen and college-age girls um, down there. That was just, that was amazing to see. I guess my story, um, there's been a lot, obviously, but um, one that just touched my heart personally uh, involves my son. And it was during our team time last night as we were just talking about what's God been doing in your heart? What have you been seeing? Kind of what are your takeaways from the trip? We do that every night as a team. And, you know, as a dad, you have things that you, you hope for your kids, you want them to, perspectives you want them to gain. Um, and, and there's some things that, you know, as a dad, I'm, I've been praying for Ethan to grab hold of, not just on this trip, but in life in general. And and um, he talked about one of those things last night, you know, and that, that's for our team. I'm not going to talk on the podcast what that was, but he talked about how already in 48 hours of being here, his whole perspective on this, this area of his life was flipped on his head because of something he witnessed a, a Peruvian kid doing and finding contentment doing. And he's sharing that. And that literally has been one of the things I've been praying about for my own son for this trip 
was that he would gain that perspective. And so to have that come out already in 48 hours, man, that was amazing. I feel like trips like these touch so many different things. And you kind of like hit on it once already. But like, I feel like for myself, what I'm kind of witnessing is it touches on obviously the people that you were originally coming to serve, like the people here, um, staff, children, etc. It touches on the team that you came with, um, students and, and then other leaders, fellow leaders. I know I've gotten a lot closer with some of you guys already. And then also just like the, the look into yourself and like how it, it we, yesterday, Austin already touched on it, but um, Chris gave like a little, little mini sermon beforehand, and he touched on a couple things um, based off of the Hebrews verse. And he was talking about um, you know different seasons in our life and things, and how sometimes it's preparation and healing and, and, and et cetera. And so that's kind of what we broke down last night, alluding to what you were talking about. And I truly, and that was a really cool moment, not only last night, like you were talking about with Ethan, but just seeing all those three categories, like how we're serving the kids and the, the staff and the families how we're kind of getting to serve along with each other, like today's devos and things like that, and then just ourselves, how God's working something in us. Um, I feel like there's 50 stories for each of those already. So yeah. I'll have to end up posting a blog or something about that. Yeah. But, yeah, I, it's been cool to just kind of see each of those areas, how God how God works in it, and something that God's been really speaking to me, even prior to this trip and then even here, is like God, God uses you to serve, and he loves, um, you know, the kids were coming to serve. But he also wants to love you in the process. He's not a God that uses and abuses you. He really wants to reach you, too. Um, and so it's been cool to just see both ends of this. Yeah. Yeah. How about one more story, and then I, I think we're going to call it a wrap and go have dinner with the team. I'll go. Okay. So we sat down for lunch yesterday after our first day of work and just having conversations with one of the, uh, the head missionaries here. Uh, her name is Emma. Basically, the head honcho, like, makes everything happen, and a lot of people look up to her. Um, She's basically a second mother, if not first mother, to many of the kids. And I basically just asked her, Don, did you ask her? Like, how's it going, basically? And she just erupted into this excitement of, of what Kids Alive is doing, the new the laws they're fighting for, the legislation, the advancement um, for these kids. And, like, she takes each and every one of them as her own, and, and they fight for them down here. And it's – you guys are going to hear this story hopefully soon. Um, but it was just amazing to hear all the ways in which God is blessing this community and blessing, um, blessing the community through Kids Alive. But another part of that was she also shared some of the hardships and the things that are coming against them and uh, some of the scary stuff that they're enduring. And yet she was still so excited. Yeah. So excited. She knew that they were, they are being attacked. And she was, it did not deter her. She said, this is, this is, um, I'll let her say it, but essentially the summary is, you know, this is how we know we're doing things right is because we know the devil's trying to take a foothold kind of thing mm. so yeah just I mean powerful powerful conversations mm-hmm. just over lunch and just being here just having the privilege of being here um, I'm just so grateful yeah yeah kids alive is definitely a light here in Peru and uh, we love the fact that we can be here 
We love the fact that you guys are, are hearing our stories and we can share them with you thanks to technology. So thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, we're going to be doing some more interviews with uh, missionaries, uh, sharing some more stories later this week as well. And uh, just love the fact that you guys are back home praying for us, encouraging us. Uh, look forward to the uh, remaining time we have here, about one more week, seven days before we come back home. And uh, we would love to sit down with any and all of you and share all the stories with as much time as you want to give us, especially Pastor Lizzie. Yes. Um, loves you, right? So watch. watch uh, Call me for coffee. What? Call me for coffee. <laughs> Call me for coffee. Uh, so, uh, man, just thank you guys so much for your encouragement, your 